Richardson to me does not even get invited. I think Matt Barkley gets invited. I'm taking Oklahoma 38, <laughs> Oklahoma State 27. And I'll tell you why. The weather. Give me VTech 28, Clemson 12. Give me Houston 52, 24. The Heisman to me goes to Case Camp. You guys start a legal fund for him yet? Can we just play for Tata? <laughs> if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. Hi, and welcome to West Coast Bias on this unorthodox Tuesday. What an intro. Yeah. Loving it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, you, uh, you're good at this sports thing, aren't you? I'm better than you. Oh, really? I mean, anyone can cherry pick some crap, I say. I mean, that's not hard. Really? It, it wasn't really hard to cherry pick since it was, who pretty knew, much, it was pretty much everything you said on Friday. Who knew Case Keenan was going to go out there and just lay an egg? Who knew? Oh, you yeah. didn't know? It totally ruined my Saturday, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I was not happy. You were listening to the West Coast Bias Sports Show here on KDWG Dillon 90.9. Getting it out early. The only... Sports talk radio show that started with the biscuit and now we got a loaf. Yeah. Everybody know that though. Well, I mean, it has been our saying for quite a while. Loaf. 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 And we are on an unorthodox Tuesday. Normally, not something we do, but no. Brennan, I would like to let you know it is a haircut Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday, each and every Tuesday is a haircut Tuesday in my world. So today on the West Coast Bias Sports Show, it is a haircut Tuesday. Insert haircut sound clip here. Yeah, flip. thank you for getting that done. Flip. You were you were able flip, to. Flip. I see you were able to cut up a great flip, flip. intro of me just saying ridiculous stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. If I knew how to work uh, such instruments like a computer, I would probably do that. Well, you can just probably claim frittata on that one. I'm not going to. I'm not very happy. <laughs> I appreciate that. You got me. You know, starting off on a rough. Uh, West Coast Bias Enough Show note. with the, the talent Jordan Featherman, whose favorite saying is. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I've never said that. Especially when Case Keenum going the Heisman. Okay, once again, and <laughs> what Brennan just decided to leave out there is that I said before we did the Heisman stuff, <laughs> now am I going to get in trouble? Are you going to knock me points? Trent Richardson's not even getting invited. I said this was my opinion. I mm. thought I had four candidates, five candidates better than him this year. Yep. I'm sorry, Brennan. Maybe, you know, if you're just going to be uh, unfair with how you uh, cut the audio, I don't think that's... Yeah? It's not very fair to me, I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, you've had your own missteps on air recently, so I'm not too that's, about That's it. not true. That's not true. <laughs> it's not. Well, you're listening to West Coast Bias Show. We are a sports show when we're not talking about each other's missteps. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook. At facebook.com forward slash West Coast Bias Show. I never said Barkley gets invited. It was on there. Yeah, I know. But I think that you 
it was conveniently on there. cut something. It was on there. Uh, no, because Facebook remember, search. Do, is, this ki- is this killing you right now? Is this killing you right now? And it was killing me. Don't recall that. Unbelievable. Let's go to the tape. Oh, uh, we don't have it. Unbelievable. We're also on Twitter at WCB Show. Holla at me on there. Yep. I'll tweet you back. He'll tweet you back. Anything you want to ask Jordan, just at sign WCB Show. Get Twitter if you don't have it. It's a lot of fun. Get to follow a lot of crazy athletes and see what they're doing. And uh, also, you get to ask Jordan some fun questions, even if he is wrong. But we love him anyway. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, you can actually email us into westcoastbyshow at gmail.com. Uh, Jordan, you're actually happy to say uh, what something not happening this week. There will be no Dr. J this week. So I do not want to open the West Coast Bias inbox and see a bunch of letters addressed to Dr. J asking him about your guys' problems. He won't be here. He's not coming in this week. It's a Tuesday-Thursday protocol this week. No Dr. J. Go ahead. I mean, feel free to email your questions in for next week or whatever you want to do, but there will be no Dr. J. He is not coming up. I'm putting my foot down. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm sure you will. He's a good guy. Yeah, I'm sure you will. He's always right. You would. You would. He's right all the time. Constantly. It's just unbelievable to me that you just sabotage me like that. I don't know what you're talking about. I said blatantly that Matt Barkley is not getting invited because <laughs> of that Arizona State game he played. I said that. I had Bell, Keenum, Luck, and RG3 getting invited. I picked four guys and then said Trent, Richard, Trent Richardson doesn't get invited. Of course, I was assuming on logic that Case Keenum wouldn't go out there and lay an egg with the rest of the Houston Cougars, who, to me, every one of them looked like they were looking at Coach Sumlin like, you know, yo, you don't even want to coach us anymore. You're out of here. You're out of here. It's someone's fault. It's got to be someone's fault. Uh, we're also on the iTunes. Are we ever? We're on that fad. Mm-hmm. So iTunes store uh, in the search bar, West Coast Bias Show. You can download us, all that fun stuff. Listen to us while you're taking a light yog uh, in the car in this snowy cold weather, depending on where you are. Uh, also, you want to pick up some WCB Show swag because everyone wants a T-shirt that has a cool logo and a funny saying on the back. Uh, you go to wcbshow.spreadshirt.com to reach us there. So yeah, uh, I'm no, I'm gonna be ordering a nice T-shirt, probably long sleeve for right now. But then I'll probably get a short sleeve to rock underneath like a hoodie or something. You know what I'm saying? Probably West Coast Bias Show hoodie. I, I'm gonna go with a hoodie. I think hoodies are nice. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with a hoodie. But yeah, you know, whatever. There's some ladies gear up there too. And keep in mind, I, I think do we have a thong on there? Not yet. Ah, Brennan. Working on the uh, fail, fail the sizes, you know. Uh, remember, we do not make any money off uh, said West Coast Bias merchandise. We just want to see it out there, have everybody pimping our stuff. So that's the only reason we're doing that. Like that, we ain't making any cheddar bones. We just want the that. fans to rock their gear. Yeah, I mean that's how it works. Looking fly, Brennan. I've got big news. Was well, I got some new Facebookers? If you're oh, waiting, okay, guys. let's go. Well, we got a new Facebooker, Billy L. Billy. Billy L's a Bushin, isn't he? Yeah, uh, UMW student, too. Oh, okay. Well, Billy, um, thanks for listening. Cool dude. Apparently. Got to be a cool dude. He's, if he's, real, part, he's part of the Twitter maniac and the fam. Cool dude. The Facebook fam. Yeah. New Twitters, too. Oh, got a, someone on the Twitter actually machine. Actually, just a Twitter. Oh, just one. Is Jason Anson. Jason Anson. Yeah, he's apparently bridging the gap between sports sciences using technology. And I believe he's a Canuck. Is he? I believe he's a... Uh, a wildly northern, wildly no. northerner. Nothing wrong with that. 
Canadia. I'm sure he's going to unfollow us promptly, as is uh, protocol with every new Twitter follower. Yep, yep, it's all my fault. We talk about him, and they're like, oh, is that it, Phil? Yeah, it's all my fault. Unfollow, sir. Each, each and every time. So what is your super awesome news? Dude, this is the biggest news I've ever broke. I right, West got? Coast by a sports oh, show. The Kepler Observatory. Mm-hmm. You might remember that as the $600 million project. I faintly recall that, yeah. Yep, yep. It's found a total of 2,326 planets. That's not bad. Since it since it started working in March of 2009. But on Monday, Brennan. Oh, no. The biggest news came. It is. The Kepler Observatory found the first habit. Hab, help me out. I practiced all pre-show about this, too. Use the syllables. Habitable. Ha- habitable. There you go. Habitable. Good job. Found its first habitable planet. An alien planet. The first oh. one, Brennan, of its kind. Now... This opens many doors, many doors. It's 600 light years away, which, you know, is just a a rock's throw, really. It's 2.4 times the size of the Earth. Wow. With an average temperature on the surface of 72 degrees. Wow. I believe this opens the door for the Star Wars future to start occurring. We're going to find a few more of these planets, start inhabiting them pretty soon. We're going to be taking intergalactical trips to uh, old Kepler-22b. That's the name of the planet. People are going to fall in love with their unknown sister. Oh, uh, well, be uh, not going that far. Giant, fat space demon people. Well, there's already an emperor. There's David be, Stern will just ascend. There's going to be... There's going to be... <laughs> He's just going to ascend. But it's got a sun-like star, just yeah. like our, uh, our home planet of Earth. Well, it's helpful. It orbits... It does all that business. 72 degrees. That sounds pretty nice to me. For those of you unfamiliar with the home planet of Earth, it is the show that uh, hosts the West Coast Bias show. That's true. It is the planet that hosts West Coast Bias. That is that is very true, Brennan. Which is but, important because the West Coast Bias show is the only show that... No. And that's important. Brennan, this doesn't excite you? You're not, I'm excited. You're not a little eager for... For the human race to start exploring other galaxies? Yeah. Start planet hopping? Yeah. I mean, we won't get to see it, but... No. And our kids probably won't get to see it, but our kids' kids? Our but, grandkids? Well, what about your kids' kids' kids? Our grandkids? After we ruin this planet? Dude, but... Move over to Kepler-22b? The kind of sad thing about this is that it does kind of negate the possibility of a zombie revolution on Earth. I think it only accelerates it. Well, I don't know, because then you it's really not the whole uh doomsday scenario because like oh earth's inhabited with zombies i'm going to go to kepler 27 kepler 22b thank you what a name by the way yeah i Let don't get that tatted somewhere i don't know uh, i don't know who named it but I'm uh, representing kepler i thought that was pretty cool boom. apparently it's not that cool Kepler. Whatever, dude. Apparently, it's not that cool. You're just in a mode. You're in. You're in a bad I'm, mood. I'm in a great. You got mood. a little tood with me now. I'm in a good mood. Unbelievable. We had a little falling out because I won pizza. You did win pizza. Ha! That is correct. And it was delicious. Brendan, other news. We have our future Russell Wilson for next year, and it is Dane Christ, the senior quarterback at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Now remember, I do. Dane Christ coming out of high school. Highly touted. The number one quarterback. He was above Andrew Luck. Yep. And Jim Harbaugh previously stated that it really came down on his recruiting board to Andrew Luck or Dane Christ. He was Luck because he's a genius. Well, Christ ended up in ND. 
Um, he actually had uh, he was he was the next guy after Jimmy Clausen. Yep. And then unfortunately, well, unfortunately for Dan Christ, uh, Charlie Weiss got fired mm-hmm. and was replaced by Brian Kelly, who promptly hated Dan Christ and everything he does because Dan Christ is not the right quarterback to run his system. But Dan Christ is graduating this winter from Notre Dame. Therefore, he will be allowed to play a se- another season at a different school. It's the Russell Wilson rule. And currently li- his list is USC, Stanford, and San Diego State. In order for you to be the next Russell Wilson, don't you have to be as almost good as Russell Wilson in the first place? It's just the Russell Wilson rule. Okay. That's the only way I'm using it here. Okay. You're not comparing him to? No, I am not. You're not saying if USC gets him, he's going to be a no, Russell Wilson-esque character? No, I am not. Okay. Do I think he might be a little better than Cody Kessler? Maybe. Probably. Would I rather see Dane Chris starting a quarterback than Cody Kessler next year? Yes, absolutely. You're just you're, you're just saying that Matty Barks is just leaving like that, huh? No, I'm I, I'm very open to him coming back. He says it's fifty fifty, so no, oh. could happen. Okay, he's torn. He's legitimately torn. Well, I mean, you just pushed him aside, getting all excited for this guy who's not that good. Uh, I'm calling it Plan B, Plan B, because I don't want to go to Plan C, which is Cody Kessler. Oh, I thought you were gonna use like a different analogy there completely. No. Oh, okay. No, not today. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna have a good show because of the intro. Well, I'm scared to say anything now. Why? Because I, I fear that you will clip it and put it in the intro on what? subsequent shows. Yeah. Well, I'm ex- Thursday it gets another intro. I'm going to be on the boards cooking up hot beets. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. So, uh, had some funny stuff happening over the night. Uh, around the 1 a.m. era. What you talking about? The Magic CEO. Oh, Bob yeah. Vanderweed. He's actually stepping down as the CEO today. Yeah, he resigned. Oh, so uh, what what happened, you ask? Well, uh, at about 1 a.m., around that time, probably the time before that, old Bob Vanderwade had uh, a couple glasses of wine, he says. One too many cocktails. And he drunk down Dwight Howard. Ooh. Pleading with him. Ooh. To stay with the magic. Hey, hey Dwight. <laughs> it's Bob Vanderweed, the CEO of of the magic. I just want you to stay here. Please? Please just stay. Resign today, huh? Resign today. Ooh. Yeah, sources tell Ken Berger of CBS Sports that team president Alex Martins will be replacing him. So, new movements possibly for the magic, seeing as old Vanderweed can uh, hold himself back from just drunk dialing Dwight Howard. Well, I'm going to be completely honest. If I had Dwight Howard's phone number... Don't go, Dwight. I probably would have drunk dialed him by now. Day. I mean, just being honest. Now, if I was the CEO of the Magic, no. But well, Van Gundy is just questioning Howard's leadership like all day today. Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. If you're Dwight Howard, you can't get out of there soon enough. No. You got your coach questioning your leadership and your owner crying. CEO, like not a, the owner. Like a CEO, like a scorned lover. Come back. Is that confirmed? He was. He was like tearful. He was upset. Very emotional. Noticeably upset on the call. Oof, boy. That is just so... Uh, it's not good. He's air quotes there, too. It's just not good, Brennan. No, it's I mean, not. That's one thing you don't do. Do I come back? In other sad news, Brennan, I stumbled across this this morning. Mm-hmm. Your boy Ice Cube. Your boy. No. Yes, your boy. No. Is getting his first starring role in a television series on the FX original series, Eye for an Eye. Wow. 
Would you like to hear the plot for Eye for an Eye? Oh, boy. Yeah, uh-huh. It's, sure it's, it's about that good. Yeah. He's going to play a seasoned paramet- paramedic who, after dealing with blood and blood and blood, decides to go vigilante. Oh, boy. Yes. I am excited yes. to not watch that ever. Ice Cube as a paramedic it, it going said vigilante. This was his first vehicle, but if I remember correctly, he did have a TBS show... It ran for a summer? Yeah, and it was terrible, but he wasn't really a starring character in that. He's on it. Yes, but he was like the weird uncle who was like actually a SWAT team member. I don't... I never watched it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Really? It's not my fault. Our basketball correspondent, Scotty Willis, forced it on me. At well, Swillberry. He's got some interesting choices on television. Yeah, it was horrendous. It was really, really terrible. I don't get it. But now Ice Cube gets his own his own series, Brennan. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, one time I heard he messed around and got a triple-double. Ah, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Do you think he reverts back to his NWA days? And he starts, like, really coming with that attitude now? I mean, Yo, is... are we there yet? <laughs> I mean, he is a vigilante now. I don't know. We're talking, he's he's hunting down. Hunting down criminals. I think Ice Cube, he, he tried to regain his kind of B.A. attitude when he did that Triple X movie. Oh, that was so But bad. it's really hard oh. to be a, an action star when you're Probably about five five and two forty. That was so bad. <laughs> was, I mean, seeing, seeing Ice Cube do a combat role is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in an action movie. Well, and if you haven't noticed, Brendan, he's actually not the coldest out there. That no. goes to Coors Light. Yeah, yeah, he lost. What's colder than being cold? Coors Light. Not that it was ice cold. Yeah, probably. All right, 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 all that's the second time we broke into song on the preamble. Brand. A little outcast for you there. We didn't go as long as the uh, the gold diggers that we did last time. That was good. Oh, boy. <laughs> Another West Coast bias. It's 920 here in Dillon. Brennan, can we start the show? I suppose. If you were paying attention this weekend and you were noticeably upset probably Sunday night about just anything football-related, as anybody else was, uh, the uh, Heisman finalists were announced. Yes, they were. We got Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Trent Richardson, <clears throat> Monty Ball, and Tyron Matthew. And obviously, Tyron Matthew is the one that is surprising. Yeah. Although this does continue a recent trend to nominate defensive players for the Heisman. Uh, we had Indomitian Sue a couple years back getting nominated. Uh, none last year, though. It's just kind of like a high five thing. Like, hey, good job on doing on defense, but not really. I, th- I think that really doesn't apply so much for for Matthew. Uh, he's the nicknamed. Uh, he's nicknamed the Honey Badger, which is probably one of the cooler nicknames out there. Honey Badger, okay. Now the Honey Badger has forced five fumbles this year. He's got two picks and he's got four TDs, and that includes those two long punt returns he's had in subsequent weeks against, against Arkansas, and Georgia, Arkansas, and Georgia. Now the one against Georgia, Brennan. I know you've got a very, very firm opinion on this. Mm-hmm. And what is that? Well, it shouldn't have counted. Because? Because he flipped the ball out of bounds to the ref. Before he crossed over the end zone, correct? Yeah, okay. yeah. shouldn't have counted. He actually also uh, led the team in tackles with 70 tackles this year. And do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Cortland Finnegan, oh, the cornerback for the Tennessee Titans. He's annoying. He really reminds me of him because you watch him play and you can tell any wide receiver that he's covering really doesn't like him. Hates him. I mean, and 
there he's always yapping and i know he's a he's a guy who had a chip on his shoulder and he wasn't very heavily recruited coming out of high school and les miles snagged him at a i think the lsu team camp on or the something, chiefs you know and got him to sign up and, and this kind of feels to me like hey we need to have someone from the best team in the nation at the heisman trophy presentation a little bit i mean he's had a major effect on oh yeah i'm not where saying they that. are now and it's it's an LSU team that really doesn't have a guy at the helm, really. My problem is Patrick from last year. Peterson? Patterson? Patterson. Patterson. Patrick Patterson, Patterson was Patterson, yeah. much better than Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone can argue that. Uh, he was a better cover guy, which is, which is surprising because he's a big dude. Yes, he better is. punt returner. I think he, I know he had more than two touchdowns. And I think he intercepted well more than two passes, and he didn't get nominated. No, but he's been good when it's mattered, I guess, for the for the national media. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have enough SEC in this race, so and we need to throw him in. I there. would love to make a big conspiracy theory out of this, but these finalists are actually announced and based off the actual results. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you got Andrew Luck. He's the only returning finalist. Uh, Robert Griffin III, the first ba- Baylor player ever to make the invitation and i'm not shocked no I mean, come on and right now he's looking like the front runner as a matter of fact man heismanpundit.com has griffin winning with luck second and richardson third and they've correctly picked the last four heisman winners wow agreeing I... with heismanpundit.com is stiff arm trophy <laughs> who's got griffin winning with a wide margin wow in front of luck and richardson and Trey Richardson, he's the second Alabama running back in three years. Uh, Mark Ingram, obviously, one in oh nine. Yeah, uh, quite the uh, quite the run of running backs they got going on. Yeah, there. you know, he averages 132 yards rushing a year. That's fifth in the nation, and uh, 23 touchdowns, which is fifth in the nation. But still, not enough pub for my guy Monte Ball. No, I totally agree, and he's definitely not getting as much credit as he deserves. I mean, 38 touchdowns for Wisconsin. He needs one more. To uh, tie Barry Sanders' NCAA record. Brendan, he's got 12 more touchdowns than anyone else in the nation. Yeah. That's not a quarterback, of course. Naturally. That's I'm ridiculous. Just, I mean, yeah, that's and, a pretty wide margin. And right now, he's probably, he's probably sitting at the four spot. And he only had, a, you know, 100 yards in the first quarter against Michigan State. He's putting up, you know, 135.3 per game. But, Brendan, to me, it's Robert Griffin III, hands down. He needed a big game against Texas. He went ahead and went out and had a big game against Texas. I think he's got it all wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, whenever people wanted him or asked, like, we really need RG3 to come come with it this weekend, and he, he brought it every single time. Like, oh, well, RG3 could be on the Heisman this, this weekend, could win it. He needs to have a big game against a tough Texas defense, though. And then he did it. Answering all the questions all and, season long. You know, he's a really likable guy, too. Yeah. Very soft-spoken. Uh, I've seen three or four pieces on him now, and I've heard him do national radio interviews. He's always very well-prepared. I mean, he does a great job. Uh, I know he's told the story about how he proposed to his girlfriend a hundred times over, and yep. he wears these goofy socks. He's a likable character. He's going to be a top-20 pick, top-10 pick in the NFL draft this year, along with Matt Barkley and Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's he's a great – He's he's got like three degrees or something like that. He already got yeah. his degree. And Brennan, this is a guy when he first started at Baylor, and this is two years ago, he was more of a dual threat quarterback. He did a lot more running than he did throwing. And he has really shown that he is a great passer this year. He's number one in the nation in passer rating, 192.3. Yeah. He's got two yards less of 4,000. 
on the season. 36 touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he's rushed for 644 yards and 9 TDs. I mean, the guy is just a—he's uh, going to be really good for some NFL team out there, I think, if they can fit him into the right system, obviously. But I—I uh, I love the story. I love yeah. the guy. Yeah. I would be—it would be a great kind of uh, high five to everybody that isn't—you know—he's not going to be an SEC guy winning the Heisman this year because it is such an SEC-dominated uh, postseason. It seems like it's just ridiculous. But it's kind of weird how the season kind of formed i guess because it started out with andrew luck being the consummate definite lock yeah i thought we didn't we already give him the trophy i mean i I thought we gave him the trophy it's been at his house probably yeah i thought we gave him the trophy. 13 games just sitting there he probably woke up every morning oh hey how's what's up i mean i thought we gave it to him well before that no 300 yard games at five ints in november (laughs) i thought he already had the trophy before november He, he looked like he was supposed to get it i just you know i'm surprised and brennan I love RG3. I really hope he wins it. I hope Monte Ball gives him a stern push. But there's only one guy in the nation that I love a little more than RG3. Who's that? You know who that is. Nope. It's my guy, Case Keenum. <laughs> and I have to uh, I have to fall on the sword right now, and I have to say I was wrong. Now, I don't think it's Case's fault. In fact, I'm going to put this one on me. I put too much pressure on him. I've been riding high on Case Keenum all year, talking about how great he is, how good of a decision maker he is. And I feel somewhat responsible for the 49-28 loss to Southern Miss, the boat race, the drubbing that occurred in the Conference USA Championship. I do. I feel somewhat responsible. I wish I didn't. Yeah, that, that game was so ugly. It just was, it was hard for me to watch because I do, even though I give you some hard times about Keenum and your coogies. But some hard times, huh? I mean, every, a little bit. I, you know. Throw a little flack every once in a while, but I do have a soft spot for the Cougies because they're, you know, the small schools. They they seem like uh, it's commuter same, school. It's the same thing I felt about Boise State when they were kind of coming up. Like, oh yeah, come yeah. on. When they come were still, on. when they were still getting noisy in Boise. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then that happens. It's heartbreaking. Well, and you know, Case went forty-one to sixty-seven, three hundred seventy-three yards. He had a sixty-one percent completion percentage, two touchdowns, two ints, hundred twelve quarterback rating. But unfortunately, Brennan, this was the first game of the year where Case missed a lot of throws that he normally hits, and uh, I feel responsible. Yeah, all, all I really you, do. Huh? I really do. All I feel like you. you know, if I wasn't here sitting behind this mic, pumping up Case Keenum like I had been for the last, you know, I don't know, three months, eight weeks, nine <laughs> weeks, that this wouldn't have happened. And I, I do. I feel responsible. It's been a tough day. It's been a tough week. Uh, I was having a great Saturday until I got home and. Uh, before I even got to sit down and start viewing the Houston game, you promptly told me that Houston's getting blown out. Yeah. I think that's a quote. Houston's getting blown out. Well, I was, And that ruined my Saturday. I was doing work. Ruined my Saturday. All I wanted then was an ice cold beer, and it was like 12. Yep. <sighs> yeah, I know. It carried over to Sunday. I haven't been productive for two or three days now. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. <laughs> really. Really, dude. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff. You just, my... you just don't. I wish. I wish everyone here could like see you right now. I know. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been this invested in a team that actually had a chance to play for a national title or a BCS bowl for quite a while. You know, as you know, my Trojans, my boys at Troy, are not allowed to compete in any bowl games this year. Nope. That all changes next year, though, folks. 
Um, you're excited about that, I'm sure. Well, uh, I, I just want to come out on December 6th of uh, 2011 and say the USC Trojans will win the national championship next year. If Matt Barkley comes back. Are you serious? Ooh, had to throw that if yeah, on the back say. end there. Had to give you the old P and Q. Wow. Little math. I can't believe you just little, said that. Little math drop there. That's crazy. The P and Q. Yeah, if P, then Q. So if Matt Barkley comes back, then the USC Trojans will win the 2012 National Championship. I guess it'd be 2012-2013, huh? Yeah, that's weird. Bold prediction. Bold, Bold prediction. Just throw that down right there. Once again, folks, you're listening to the West Coast Bias Sports Show on KDWG, Dylan, 90.9. That's two, two call signs in one show. Don't ever never, do it now. We have never done that. We're the only show that started with a biscuit, and now we got a loaf. Started with a biscuit. No, but yeah. Uh, so now on the hotline, I actually see it lighting up right now. We have the one and only Connor Dwyer. Welcome to the WCB Show Sauna with Brennan and Jordan and a special guest. Connor, what's up, buddy? Connor. Hey, Spoonie. How we doing? Not too bad. Jordan's a little down, actually. It's been a rough day. Rough day? What's going on, Jordan? Bad practice? Well, listen. Listen, buddy. Okay, we had the Case Keenum blow up on Saturday. I find out Jose Reyes signed with the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins on Monday. It's just been a rough week for me. Taking his talent to South Beach, man. Yeah, I'm about sick of people taking their talents to South Beach, Connor. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like it's going to end. Yeah, I know. It's getting a little old. I mean, the first one sucked. Second one sucks. And then Jose going down there. I know. I don't, I don't really like it. I think it's actually just a bad deal all around. But, uh, I mean, the Mets lose Jose. But, I mean, then again, Jose has been a bum. I mean, if you, if you really look into it, and then you just look at his salary year this year, see that he gets 324, won the title, but then decided actually he won on a bum and hold himself. Yep, yep. I knew you were going to touch on that. Yeah, hey, Connor. Uh, hey, and for Jose Reyes, he's, a, he's an aging guy. His game's based on speed. He's a base dealer. <laughs> but check what he's done lately. Check check the last three years on his stolen bases. It's, it's less than 40, and he's been hurt for many, much of the season, so. Well, he's got yeah. the hammy problems. He's got mm-hmm. the hammy problems, and I actually have been hearing some writers saying that those hammy problems could be based on the New York cold weather. Oh. And that a that a Miami warm weather environment might be really, really good for his career. Just just reinvigorating. Yeah, I don't know. I bet he's going to be a little dehydrated from staying out and boozing all night being in that <laughs> humid weather. I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think he really cares because he's got that six-year, $106 million deal, and uh, that's Oof. that. Oh my God, yeah. Now, Connor, yeah, really overpaid for that. Six years and 106 was unbelievable. That, it, it, that is big money. It's big money. Uh, I originally thought Reyes was going to top out about five years, 90 million. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, even at five years, 90 million, that's that's even on the high end. I mean, sure. I didn't think that he, he was worth a six year deal, let alone even the 106 mil that Miami doesn't have much of a chance in generating a revenue right now. I mean, they're going to build this new stadium, but in order for them to really um, be able to afford their players for the first time in Marlins history, then they'd have to have over 2.8 million fans 
this whole year. They've never even had two million, and they won two World Series. Yeah, I mean, they they really expect to compete with the Heat for fan base down there. Where's this Marlins fan base coming from? I, I don't know, Connor. It's it's really odd. You have the Miami Marlins, newly crowned Miami Marlins. They got the, they got the new stadium that was given to them. Yeah. They got uh this money that they got from revenue sharing, and they're like, oh, let's just spend all of this cash. They're like a teenager when they get their first paycheck. A drunk teenager. A drunk teenager. Who sees two like cougars walking out of a bar. And is trying to take advantage of them by flipping them a couple hundred dollar bills that their grandparents gave them. <laughs> really? Did you I mean, just? This, did you, that's, that's the oh, analogy of the Marlins. Did you just going after Pujols and Reyes? Pujols for ten years is unreal. I mean, he's he's one of the greatest hitters in baseball. But to offer him that kind of money over ten years at the last. Four years. I mean, how can you really even expect him to produce over three hundred and and thirty? Even who knows what he does? Who knows even if he tears an ACL? And Connor's, of course, alluding to the fact that the Marlins have recently upped their offer to Pujols to include ten years. And I've heard the average salary is somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-two million dollars. Twenty twenty-two to twenty-five. I've heard. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It, it, it's pretty outrageous. We're talking about a quarter billion of a dollar. Quarter billion of dollars. Quarter billion uh, dollars. Ten years on an aging all-star who he's... I'd take him over Reyes, though. I mean, he plays hurt. At least Pujols is playing hurt. But he's not worth the money. How and old is Albert Pujols going to be at the end at of that? 40, we don't know. 40 years old. Yeah, but we don't no know. Way he should be making Maybe. $23 million. We don't know. Uh, there's actually been a lot of questions about Pujols' actual age. Yeah. Uh, he's 30 no, right now, yeah, am I correct? That's, that's kind of what I meant. But. He's 30 right now? Is that what, I mean, that's his listed age, 30? Uh, it's around there. Yeah, and I've heard rumors that he's at, actually could be 32 to 33 years old, which would mean that you're going to be paying $25 million to a 30 Possible. or 43-year-old first baseman. And, uh, I'd mean, love to be somebody's grandpa. Oh, yeah. and I mean, Connor... What hey, were... Grandpa Albert, get your ass off of first base and go play DH. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now, 42 years old. Connor, and we're also forgetting that the Marlins made a splash in the closer market by signing Heath Bell, the former Padre and Met, to a three-year $27 million contract. Yeah, already the Marlins are at $65 million. I mean, higher than they expected to be last year for their payroll. And I understand the Heath Bell love. He's the only guy in the last three years that's had 40 saves. And he's done it on a Padres team last year that, that lost 91 games. Yeah, they were pretty stinky. I don't know if you remember <laughs> hearing anything about the Padres last year. They were pretty stinky. So, I agree pretty with sure you. Pretty sure they were playing in Afghanistan or something. They were <laughs> gone. Yeah, they, they were pretty stinky. But $9 million a year for a closer. Oh, yeah. I that's think there's lot. only four and closers. I've heard the... what I believe about paying closers big money. Yeah, and... I don't believe in it just because I think that you can find somebody out there to throw that one inning who's you can pick up out of a farm system somewhere. One inning, that's three outs. You're telling me you can't find one guy to get three outs every single time and pay a minimum wage or minimum, well, I mean, consider that minimum wage is still $550,000. But minimum wage is like a million and a half even for a decent vet. Come on. No, I hear, I, hey, preaching to the choir, Connor. 
Absolutely preaching to the choir. You're, you're talking to the guy whose team signed Francisco Rodriguez to an astronomically big contract. No, I, yeah, the Mets, the Mets have gone done some pretty historically stinky deals. Well, and we're, Jordan, we're gonna I mean, the Pedro deal. Hey, hey, we're gonna get to the Mets, Connor. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we're gonna get there. Okay, okay. But right. did I know you saw the report today that after the dot or the Marlins owner came out and said that Hanley Ramirez is very open to moving to third base. Well. Not, no, not, not quite. Not, doesn't seem to be a Not so much. Sounds like Turns he's not out. very happy Apparently, about this. Put his foot down. really looking forward to moving over to third, and he was actually said he didn't want to. So that would leave him kind of pretty much one other spot other than short. Well, and the only other spot that seems like a likely candidate could be center fielder, and the Marlins do need a center, center fielder. And that would allow you to play Bonifacio and Infante at third and second. And it's still Hanley's fast enough, anyways, to play center field. He could, he is a freak athlete. To put him at third, I think, really wouldn't be totally utilizing him. Do you remember the play last year where he barehanded the wall ball that one hopped the wall in left field? Yeah, yeah the shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I mean, the knock's always been on Hanley that the guy doesn't try hard every play. He takes yeah. plays off. He's got a little Starlin Castro type of thing going on there. Yeah, but I mean, now he's got a little Ozzy Guillen-like thing going on in Miami. I think that'll kind of help. He nip that in the butt. Well, just imagine the lineup the Marlins are going to trot out here if they and they're, the Marlins are pushing Pujols to either accept the offer or decline it by tonight. Yeah, the Marlins um, met with Pujols over three times in the last two days. Now, we could be looking at a lineup, Connor, of Reyes in the leadoff spot, Bonifacio or Infante batting second, Ramirez third, Pujols fourth, and Mike Stanton batting fifth. And what if Manny comes back? Oh, you're thinking the Marlins going to splash down on <laughs> Manny too? <laughs> Come on now. Tell me Manny can't play left for the Marlins? Well, hey, I'm glad you broached this subject because I think me and you were arguing about this earlier. I think Manny's done. Stick a fork in him. He's lost the bat speed. But you seem to think Manny can come back and still be a good hitter for a team winning ballgames. He's still trying to come back, and I, I still think he can hit for average. I don't know if his power is quite there. He's probably not going to put up the consistent power numbers, but I'm a Manny guy. I love I love Manny's swing. I think he'll still be able to hit the ball. I mean, I think he comes back after working out this, this offseason, and then uh, – Major League Baseball said that they would take his 100-game suspension from last year um, and cut it in half, making it a 50-game suspension, um, thus, I mean, making it more plausible that a team could look into him. I mean, even if, look, I mean, Miami could just test the waters here, bring on Manny 50 games later, check him out, and he's raking. How, how nasty is that lineup in in July? It's super na- – Connor, I think it's super nasty if they sign Pujols and don't do anything else because they still have Gabby Sanchez who they can move. Yeah, I, I know. I know it would be super nasty if they just sign Pujols, but imagine that too. It's well, like freakish. Well, and I mean they but still got Logan Morrison. You're going to see all these models go bankrupt again. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's a cycle. Every seven years, the Marlins just go crazy in free agency, and they end up winning winning a chip in a couple years. Yeah. And, Connor, how tough does this make the NL East? Uh, it, it takes 
a huge talent pool back into the NL East that was across the NL. And, I mean, what do you got to watch, look forward to, really, in the NL Central? It's pool sleeves and Prince sleeves. I mean, there's talks of Prince Fielder looking in the Rangers. So, I mean, what if... What are you going to watch in the NL Central next year? There's no Albert Pools, no Prince Fielder. Nothing. You're going to watch nothing. You're going to watch (laughs) the Pirates be resurgent and maybe have a winning season for the first time in, I don't know, 18 years. Jordan, I hope so. I know, me too. We're all playing, Connor. We really are. But, I mean, you got the Phillies, who are still going to be trotting out that superstar rotation, maybe minus Roy Oswalt. But, he, you know, let's he be was, honest. He was the bottom part of that rotation yeah. there. He was the number four um, starter. Stanton or Blanton, sorry. Blanton and Vance Worley. But Blanton's been throwing great. I mean, Blanton's been out throwing Oswalt. Officer Joe. Opinion. So, I mean, really, to lose Oswalt, it's like, oh, oh well. I mean, it was an old aging star from Houston. I mean. So what? Uh, you're over it now. You still got Hamels, Halliday, Cliff Lee. Vance Worley, Officer Joe Blanton. I mean, that 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 one guy, Papel Boner, closing it out. Yeah, yeah, you still got Papel Bond. I hope you you should get used to me referring to him as Papel Boner from now on. Okay. <laughs> I, I try to keep it semi-clean on our family talk show we do here. Keep it PC. We, we try. I, I think people know that during the Connor. Well, I think people know during the Connor Dwyer baseball segment. Send, at, send at, the kids out of the room. Yeah, at CD four hundred six, you put the kids to bed. Put the kids yeah, to bed. Yeah, FD crew. <laughs> <laughs> now, Connor, you were telling me that uh, Bill Buckner's heading back to uh, Beantown. Yeah, there's talk that um, a man wants him back back in the clubhouse. You know, I, I could see him being either a possible fielding coach hitting coach. Buckner was an all-star. He was a gold glove. I mean, people forget about all that in the midst of his one play in the 1986 World Series where the man with terrible knees, they put trotted him out there as like a victory lap. And poor guy gets shamed, shamed out of town. And I don't know. Front office isn't too thrilled about it just because I don't think they want any more um, hype brought to the Red Sox right now than they need after their gigantic collapse. But um, I don't know. I think that'd be great for Boston to have Bill Buckner back in town. I mean, poor guy couldn't walk down the street yeah. five, ten years ago. You know, This sounds a lot to me like a Bobby Valentine make good move. And Bobby's, Bobby's uh, he's very, very special at doing this sort of thing. Bobby's smart. He knows his thing. He's 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 been known as a, a baseball guru of his type, but I mean he's he's no he's no Connor Dwyer. No, no CD for he's, us. he's not the baseball guru Come on that, now. that stops by the West Coast by a sports show on KDWG Dillon ninety point nine. Now Connor, real just quick, forcing it now. I am I'm going to get four or five into that. I think. That's ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to. Connor, you uh you were mentioning the Mets earlier, and I said Connor, I don't want to talk about the Mets. Yeah. Because I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want any hopes going into this season. I just want to be a a fan who listens to every game and says, you know what, I, I get what I get. I know the Mets aren't going to be in the playoff hunt. That's okay. I just hope they beat the Phillies more than they lose. Gosh, golly darn it, we tried. Gosh darn it. I mean, yeah, there's always that good feel-good moment at the end of the season when you beat the, the best-ranked team, you know? Yeah, because they're, uh, you know, resting everyone. Um. Right. 
<laughs> Anyways, today they did make a splash. They traded Angel Pagan, their starting center fielder who can't hit for average and is scared to hit in the leadoff spot, to San Francisco for Andres Torres and Ramon Ramirez. Yeah, Andres Torres ain't bad. I mean, yeah, he hit right above the Mendoza line at two twenty. And uh, uh, hey, that's tough over there in the <laughs> NL West. <laughs> Now, Ramon Ramirez is 3-3 uh, three and three with a 2.62 ERA. He's going to be a solid bullpen guy. But, yeah, Connor, what scares me is the Mets, right before I came on the show tonight, signed Frank Francisco to a two-year $12 million deal to be the closer. <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, and, Connor, here's my here's my major qualm. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited, you know. It's going to be a long year. Mets, uh... The Mets, this little bankruptcy deal the Mets are going to be going through, the Madoff that they got themselves into. You mean when they were the only people to profit off the Bernie Madoff scheme? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that one? That, that one? Yeah, it's not people, looking good. People lost billions of dollars and the Mets actually turned <laughs> um, a profit? I don't know. I, I don't think they're really going to be out there spending a lot of big money and then they, I didn't think they'd be going out and blowing 12 mil on a closer when... They don't need a closer. They need a new shortstop. Well, they're, they're going to play Ruben Tejada at short. And they're going to play Daniel Murphy at second, and I'm okay with that. But, Connor... Ruben Tejada, any, uh, any relation? No. <laughs> no. No relation. Uh, we'll look into it. No, no relation. Google uh, search. He can't hit. He can't hit a lick. There's no uh, relation. Yeah, There's no, no relation. relation. He's good with the glove, though. Fast with the leather. But, Connor, we were talking about, you know, $9 million is a heck of a lot of money for a guy like Heath Bell, who's had 40 saves the last three years. Yeah, and then the Mets go and throw six mil at a guy. Who had 17 so. saves last year and four blown saves because he was hurt. And career, Connor, this is a guy with a 3.72 ERA who's blown a third of his saves. That's unbelievable. 49 and 21. Jordan. Uh, he'll be a great triple-A prospect. <laughs> He's 32. <laughs> There's no positive bright side to this. I don't know. Maybe you could trade him for prospects. No, I don't even think we can do that. He's six foot two, two fifty. He's got that CC Sabathia thing going on. And last time I saw him, I thought homeboy had been eating way too many cookies. Well, I don't know what to say, man. I, I think it's time to stop stop watching the Mets. I can't. I can't I mean, do it. Maybe just turn it on when Johan pitches. Well, and <laughs> I am excited to see Johan come back, and you know that'll be fun for a couple starts until he blows his shoulder out again. And then we just eat that $45 million we owe him. It changed up, though. A great changeup. It's the only pitch he's got left because he's never going to touch 94 on the gun ever again. <laughs> he's got that great changeup. Great changeup. <laughs> now, Connor, getting away from the baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are a Denver Broncos fan. And like our MVT, our most valuable Twitterer, your brother, Sean Dwyer. What is Sean's new Twitter handle, Brennan? The Meister? The Meister 29. Yeah, the Meister 29, our MVT. You are a huge opponent of the Tim Tebow movement, the crusade even, that has been taking taking hold in the NFL. Yeah, I hate Tebow. Yeah. I hate the whole idea of putting a, a college running quarterback in a, a NFL league. Now, it's what, just terrible. What do you say when I say Tim Tebow's 6-1 and one and has your team atop the AFC West division. I'm telling you, he's playing a bunch of stinky teams. I mean, he they they're only asking him to complete 15 passes against the two and nine Vikings, and people are praising this week. Oh, look what Tim Tebow did! It's more like, oh, 
look, the Vikings secondary, they have four guys on the injured reserve, and they're literally starting guys from the kickoff team to guard these guys. Did, were you watching the game? I, I did. I, mean, I did. Well, Broncos, there's... There were various times where it looked like the Broncos receivers had a good 10 yards of separation. There, there they were. Off of no moves. There, there were times, Connor. Go there's... run, sit down, and nobody would be around. There, number, number 26, I believe, for the uh, Vikings defense. Got burned over the top by at least ten yards. It was it was a la hitch and go route from a throwback freshman year in high school. I'm sorry, but that. Uh, I, I didn't, if you who can't complete that pass in the NFL? Which backup quarterback can't complete that pass? Brady Quinn would have completed that pass. Start me Brady Quinn instead of Tim Tebow. I don't want to watch Tim Tebow throw into the dirt the other nine times out of twenty. You know. Now, Connor, what's your argument with the fact that Tim Tebow has one turnover all year in his seven starts with an 88 quarterback rating? He's thrown a brisk 1,000 yards to his 10 touchdowns in one pick, rushed for nearly 500 yards on 5.7 yards a carry, and had three rushing touchdowns. I mean, those seem like statistics that are okay. In you, term- you know what? Until you look and see who they play, they're playing the 3-9 and nine Dolphins, Jordan. They're playing the Chiefs. Find me, um, what were their statistics against the Lions, the team that has a winning record, that has a possibility of making it in the playoffs, other than Denver and Oakland in the stinky AFC West? I mean, who else? They haven't, they haven't played a decent opponent that even has five wins, I don't believe, that are out of division yet. They'll play the Bears this weekend, who have a possibility of making the playoffs and have a decent defense to where you'll see another game like the Lions when they did nothing. The whole first half, even against the Vikings, Tebow, uh, I think he had three complete passes. Oh, Jordan, I hate, to, I hate to correct you, but Team Tebow actually has four turnovers this year. No. Three fumbles. Nah, he didn't lose any of them. Three fumbles. He didn't lose any of them. That's not a turnover. He, t- he probably lost one. No, Brennan. It says right next sure? to the three fumbles. It says oh, lost. Oh, it said lost. Damn it. Zero. So, Damn it. I thought yep. I scooped you there. You did not scoop me. Try to scoop now, you. Now, Connor, previously when we talked about Tebow, you mentioned the fact that not only are you upset about Tim Tebow, but you're upset about the fact that if he keeps winning, this is the direction your team's going to take for the next three or four years. Just ruins us. It ruins our draft picks. We're not going to have a chance at taking a decent future quarterback that could be a franchise quarterback like a Luck, like a Robert Griffin III. I mean, like a Matt Barkley. Barkley. I'll take a Barkley over yeah, yes, yes, you will. Even though it's pretty much the same guy, except for Barkley is more accurate. He doesn't. He doesn't incomplete five passes against the air. No, you know? nay, nay, nay. Okay, nay. I liked where you were going with that, though. Nay on your Matt Barkley-Tim Tebow comparison. I think that's ludicrous. If, and blasphemy, would, even. Uh, I'd rather have Mark Sanchez than Tim Tebow. Now, is it because you're you're resigned to the fact that you're going to have to watch three more years of Tim Tebow in an offense that's going to be tailor-made for him and you're going to waste all your draft picks? All our draft picks, you're not going to get any free agent, wide receivers, because Tebow is not throwing the ball as much down the field. He's throwing it 15 times a game. I mean, if I'm a top-tier receiver, I don't want to go 
play for Tim Tebow, who's throwing 15 passes. I'm going to go to a Tom Brady or Drew Brees who's putting it in the air 45 times a game. Now, now Connor, uh, something... 340 to 400 yards in the air. Yeah. Well, uh, something that uh, could happen, I'm not saying will happen, but rumblings, whispers, quiet doors being closed in Denver. There's been rumors saying uh, trade Tebow, which possibly could make some sense because with any investment, you want to wait till it's at its peak when you sell. And what's higher than Tim Tebow at six and one? Yeah, I don't know. I'd, that'd be great. You'd be, you'd be getting <laughs> the most out of that you investment. Now, if that, when that happens, I will be. Having a good time. Plenty, plenty of quarterback injuries out there. It's been a rough year for some quarterbacks. Great for a lot of others, but the trade deadline has passed, of course. Yeah. But if Tebow can ride this out, maybe he finishes eight and two as a starter, nine and two as a starter, whatever. Not gonna happen. Not okay. Gonna happen. Not not gonna happen. I understand. But maybe a team like Jacksonville, if they can't get the rights to move, maybe the new owner says, "Hey, deal away a couple first round picks here. Get me Tim Tebow and let's sell some tickets." Yeah, that'd be so awesome. Maybe you could get Blaine Gabbert in a first-round pick. Would you be happy then? Yes, I would be happy. Wow, okay. We heard it here first. Brennan, this is the first time I've heard someone besides you say they are excited about the prospect of adding Blaine Gabbert to the NFL. Hey, there's been a lot of rookie quarterbacks that had, uh, a lot of great quarterbacks that had terrible rookie years, and then their second year they just flourished. You're right, but those players typically had good college careers and weren't just combine quarterbacks like playing college oh come on he was good in college he was good in college just because he was you know you're right you had heard of blaine gabbert before his senior year i had okay yeah you're right all the place good for you i'm taking blaine gabbert over i'm taking tim tebow i understand i'm with you there now connor do you have anything else you'd like to add to the west coast by a sports show here on a haircut tuesday haircut tuesday it's a haircut tuesday yeah i mean looking good guys oh i got it nice and trim today I'm I'm looking clean. Nice, good for you. And last time I saw uh, you, you not, were looking not clean. Not really. I mean, I'm just. It's disappointing to watch Denver do this. I mean, totally disform their offense. And what happens when Tebow gets hurt? Then you have to throw another quarterback in the system, and it's not a Tim Tebow like quarterback. Because oh well, they can't win like Tim Tebow, and you know Tim Tebow is just a winner. I don't know. I feel for you. All right, Connor. Well, th- thanks for stopping by. Hey, I hope you uh, your mood improves over the night here. Going to bed. <laughs> we love you, Connor. Uh, it's been Connor Dwyer, our uh, baseball correspondent, giving us a little football knowledge. He-, he was he was noticeably depressed about that subject. The Dwyer boys do not like Tim Tebow, and no. that is the only way I can put that. The lightly. Now, you can get at Connor at CD406. Uh, he's typically good for anything baseball-related. He is a, a great baseball mind, as we previously said. Uh, on Thursday, Brennan, I'm going to tease it up here a little bit. Not only will we be having our basketball correspondent at Swillberry, Scotty Willis, on the show, but we also will have my little brother, the 13-year-old magician, Oh yeah, Tato Featherman on the show. He's been on a streak lately. He picked it's been that ridiculous. Cardinals upset. He picked the Cardinals upset. He picked the Panthers over the Bucks this week. I dare say that he is—he's uh, having a better week, or he had a better last week than me. Period. 
Oh, yeah. So we'll have Tato's Fave Five in addition to our basketball correspondent, Scotty Wills. So a, a jam-packed Thursday show. Tato's Fave Five. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, so uh, just from... I mean, we're going to really see the, uh, the the dichotomy of our correspondence on Thursday. Yeah, and if Scotty can't move ahead of my 13-year-old brother after... You know, I mean, they're back-to-back. Oh, yeah. The listeners will be able to decide. Right They'll be there. able to tell us. We need to switch back to, to Wednesday's show and check it out compared to Friday's. It'll, it'll be right there for you on a platter. Back-to-back. You'll be able face to say... Face-to-face. You know, West Coast Bias, Jordan Brennan... Taylor, Tato Featherman, the 13-year-old, is just trumping Scotty Willis. Just killing, clowning him. And, you know, maybe we have to sit down with Scotty and have a, a, a stern discussion about his job future. A long, hard talk. Yeah, maybe. And speaking of Scotty Willis, he's actually the guy who just called me during the show. He's an idiot. Yeah, that's a big no-no. He's he a fr- he's, Well, he's been a bit of a frittata lately. Yeah, back to that. Back to that, you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. You're that's a jerk. Scotty. Well, Brennan, they also announced the Bulls. On Saturday, or yeah. on Sunday, and a couple surprises there. Quite a few. Uh, just to run down the list of bowls, the Rose Bowl on January 2nd is Wisconsin versus Oregon, as everyone kind of thought would happen there. Uh, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, uh, January 2nd as well, Stanford versus Oklahoma State. Uh, the Allstate Sugar Bowl, January 3rd, Michigan versus Virginia Tech. Discover Orange Bowl, January 4th, West Virginia versus Clemson. whoop de doo and the BCS National Championship, LSU versus Alabama. Yep. And, uh, Brendan, you know there's some games here I'm very interested in. I will obviously be watching the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. I'll also be watching the Fiesta Bowl because I think Stanford-Oklahoma State is quite intriguing. I will be watching Michigan-Virginia Tech because I'm hope- hoping, hoping, and hoping that Michigan just kills Virginia Tech so we can start really getting angry with our Boise State stuff. And uh, I'm not watching the National Championship. As we, as we said, we said if the – if there was a rematch in the BCS National Championship, we would not be watching it. And I am absolutely positively sticking to that 100%. Brendan, I can't do it based simply on the fact that I do not believe in a nation that plays for conference championships that we should have a team that didn't even win their division in their conference playing for the National Championship. Finish, and I don't, I don't care. Finish third. I don't care about the fact that Alabama is probably the second best team in the nation. I don't care. I want fairness. And I understand LSU, they did beat Oregon, the Pac-12 champion. They went to West Virginia and beat West Virginia, the Big East champion. The, Co-champion, whatever. The, they got the BCS the, bowl bid out of the, the Big, Big East. East. I understand. But I would much rather watch the SEC champion play the Big 12 champion. That's just how I operate. I would rather watch the SEC champion play the Big Ten champion. I just feel like if you're not going to reward the teams that win the conference championships, why even play the game? It, it's ridiculous. I was I was extremely upset when I saw this came out, uh, especially because Oklahoma State had such an amazing showing. Yeah, oh my gosh. They, they beat the pants off of Oklahoma. They really did. I did not see that coming. I'm sorry. It was ridiculous. It, it was a total outclassing. And Oklahoma, who was the preseason number one nonetheless, so it's not like Oklahoma is just like uh, an off year for Oklahoma. They're they were a pretty good team this year, and I mean they beat the pants off them. It, it wasn't, wasn't a game. No, they outclassed them completely. And Oklahoma State's offense is probably one of the most prolific in the nation as a whole. I mean they have a great quarterback. They got running. They can throw the ball. They have an amazing wide receiver, and their defense is pretty good too. And it just doesn't make 
it doesn't make a lick of sense to me that Alabama, who's had their shot, couldn't even score a touchdown against LSU, should get another shot at a LSU at, and possibly winning a national championship. And I, I hate to bring this into it, but Oklahoma State's one loss on the whole season was against Iowa State in Iowa State. Double OT. A mere two days after a plane wreck claimed the lives of, what, three or four people? Yeah. Three or four members of the women's basketball team, including the head coach and his lead assistant. And this is coming 10 years after they had a plane wreck that killed quite a few members of the men's basketball team. The majority, yeah. I don't, I don't want to make that an excuse for the loss, but obviously that's going to take some kind of emotional toll. It's weighing heavy on the minds of the kids. And, and the game, it's not like it... Iowa State came out there and just ran him out the field, but it was a double OT game. It, you know, it was it was just a tough game and a tough night. But it just does it's that shouldn't be the one thing that really weighs this Oklahoma State team down because they did come out the next few weeks and win the games after that. So handedly, handedly, and it's just it's just such an east obvious East Coast bias and an SEC bias to be specific. Uh, because if you don't play in the SEC, apparently you're not playing real football. You're just out there for fun. Now, Brennan, this reminds me of 2003 when we had Oklahoma as the number one team in the nation and people were saying the best team to ever play college football. And they went and got the pants whipped by, got their pants knocked off by Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. Darren Sproles. 35-7, I think, was the final score there. And they backed their way into the national championship against who else but LSU. That game meant nothing. And what happened? The fallout of that was we had a split champion in the BCS. The whole system was created so we wouldn't have split champions. But, of course, USC, which was number two in the AP poll at the time, whooped Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and we had a split champion. Yeah. So they went back and they tweaked the system and told us this will never happen again. If Alabama beats LSU, I have a hard time saying that these other teams didn't deserve a shot. If Oklahoma comes out there and just outclasses Oklahoma State, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. State comes out there and outclasses Stanford, Beats him by like thirty. I that's a split champion to me. Yeah, and I mean that that's the problem. And I think the fallout from this year is we're gonna have another tweaking to the system. We're gonna have something that says you have to at least win your division in your conference to get to the national championship game. And I'd be okay with that. But I find it hard to believe that a team that's third in their division, I get they have one loss, but they're third in their division. Gets a national championship berth. Doesn't make any sense to me. And, and uh, my other major problem with this is VTech and Michigan getting BCS bowl bids. Yeah, I'm okay with Michigan because I enjoy watching Michigan play. But the fact that Boise State is left on the outside looking in because they missed a field goal against TCU, and VTech gets in after getting roughed up by Clemson. Oh, just for the second time in a year, just obliterated. We by have Clemson. two teams from the ACC in BCS bowl bids, and the ACC has been terrible it all year. It stinks. It's awful. And not to mention, there's there's teams ranked ahead of Michigan here that could have got this. I'm a Michigan fan, but it, it was, I was I was happy to see that. I was like, oh, wow, we actually got that. But uh, we didn't really deserve it so much this year after losing a big game to Michigan State. And that, that pretty much should knock you out of a BCS contention. And Michigan State didn't get a BCS bid, and they were in the Big Ten, ten uh, the inaugural Big Ten Championship. So uh, teams ranked ahead of Michigan. We got Baylor at 12, who could be very deserving of something like this. Uh, they had a couple of rough losses. They had a couple of rough losses, but yeah. they have a marquee quarterback, which would I garner, up, which would get a lot of money for you. Yeah, I understand. Because that's a big deal. We got South Carolina, and I'm surprised that they didn't get there because they're an SEC team. So, 
Uh, we've got Kansas State at number eight, uh, another Big 12 school. Had a great season, a uh, couple losses around there. Boise State at seven, and Arkansas at six. Well, and I, I know they couldn't put another SEC team in there. No, oh, I bet they wanted to. I bet they wanted to. But the fact is, I, I had Boise State not getting a BCS bull bit this year. Well, TCU runs the table and wins the Mountain West Conference. So not only does Boise State not get a BCS bowl bid, but they don't even get the number one bowl bid out of the Mountain West Conference. If they would have beat TCU and lost to someone else, they would have got a BCS bowl bid. Yep. That's where we're at on this. So now Boise State is stuck in Las Vegas on December 22nd and loses, Lord knows how much money, probably around 15 to $16 million for their school. Uh, and who are they playing at the Las Vegas Bowl, Brennan? Who's the marquee matchup we get to watch the Boise State Broncos take on? Penn State. No. Arizona State. Oh, Arizona State. Jeez. The 6-6 six and six Sun that's Devils. Who, that's who... Uh, the self-implosion yes. down there in Tempe is who Boise State gets to play. The coachless. Unbelievable. Coachless Arizona State Sun Devils. And then uh, we have your, your Cougies who fell all the way to 19 playing yep. Penn State. Yep, yep. And, you know, I'll be watching the Ticket City Bowl. Penn State versus Houston. Uh, it's uh, on, I don't think you... It's on ESPNU. Yeah. But I think uh, I'll work something out there, I think. Maybe I'll go down to uh, one of the local taverns, <laughs> local watering holes down here in Dillon, Montana, and uh, watch that game. Yeah. But, Brennan, I'm upset. You know, I've been upset at the BCS the last couple of years. I have a hard time with it. And I said previously I'm not watching a Bama versus LSU game. Although, whatever the Las Vegas puts as the blind for touchdown scored in the game, I think it's going to be one and a half. Yeah. I might bet that. I'll take the over. I might bet that. I might bet that. It's just if betting were legal. If betting were legal, and, and Dan Patrick has been a definite proponent of something, you know, playoff. We're not. It's not going to happen for probably another ten years, if it will at all. But like a final four. Yeah, and a final four, and it's it's not a big deal for the teams because it's just one more game, and realistically, they have a month off to prepare for this game anyway. If they're in national championship. And um, what the problem is that. If you go one more game after the conference championships, and that would have to be how it is. Yeah. You'd have one more week of games, and that would be your plus ones. So, you know, this year we would have had uh, Oklahoma State playing Alabama and Stanford playing LSU in all likelihood. Yep. Those teams would play in what would be week 16 of the NCAA football season. Now, that's pushing pretty close to semester finals. So I can understand what they're saying here, but that's how it has to set up. And then you release the BCS final standings after that. And you still do your bulls. You mm -hmm. still get your money grab. All you fat, rich, white guys who get all this money, fine. You still get it. You still get your bulls. But we get one more game to determine who belongs in the national championship. Well, and I, that's what you have to do. And we have it, if we have it this Saturday on the 10th, it does give um, – most schools have their finals uh, the week of the 12th through the 16th or maybe even the week after that because they have a short week. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it, it's more money for the schools and they love that. And they love that. You could still have your Meineke bowls and your, you know, taco John's, whatever. Don't change bowl. the bowls at all. No, just leave it that way. Just give us two extra games the next week to determine who plays for the national championship. You could hype it up all week long. Oh my, so much money could be made off this and it would definitely eliminate this AP, whatever, co-champion thing that is going to happen this year possibly. It's not, not going to happen because it won't happen. They've they've eliminated it. They mm -hmm. made it so that now the AP poll and the coaches poll and all, all the polls that the humans do are weighed heavily. So we won't have a split national champion. Unfortunately, it won't happen. Should have an asterisk. I understand. I understand. But we're heading towards the plus one. 
I really do believe that. So hopefully there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Oh, and did you hear the reasoning behind Boise State not getting a big ball? No. They don't travel well. Oh, is that what it is? So Boise State is the equivalent of fast food. They don't travel well, huh? Yeah. And the shellacking they put on Georgia doesn't... Doesn't even matter. I mean, sure, they're second in the SEC, but what's SEC other than the only conference that matters? You know, it's it's interesting. (laughs) And, you know, the one thing I think with a plus one, there's no more argument. And all these SEC homers, these, these real Southern football fans... Okay, let me tell you, Brennan, it's field position, field position, and field position. That's what wins you the national championship, okay? It's not this high-flying pass offense where you've drawn up the plays in the dirt. It's field position, okay? This shuts them up. Yeah, right? it does. Hey, if your SEC teams win out, if they win both their plus ones and they're playing the national championship, I will shut up. I will never say another word. But the fact of the matter is you're getting by strictly based on how – you're perceived as the best conference ever, whatever. I get it. SEC teams always get a really favorable vote in the coaches' poll, too, by the way, because the most coaches, or whoever actually does the voting for the coaches, are on the East Coast. And so they're not catching a lot of those West Coast guys' teams, like any of their games. That'll change next year with the Trojans, Brent. Hey, if you're if you're no, a yeah. West Coast football no, fan, yeah. you want a USC receiver. I, I, I certainly hope there's a West Coast Trojans and maybe in Washington State getting in there. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. The old pirate up the there. Pirate up some there plays. And Brendan, we should probably touch on this real quick before we close up shop here and move on to uh, our favorite part of the night. The coaching searches. Yeah. UCLA has been rebuffed by Chris Peterson, Kevin Sumlin. The list goes on and on. No one wants that job. And now my moles mm. out there working in Westwood. Doing work. They're starting to tell me. They're looking at Tom Cable. Uh. Yes, yes, that Tom Cable, former Oakland Raiders head coach. And I believe he is currently, hold it, I will think of it, coaching the offensive lineup for the Seattle Seahawks. Also, Jimmy Moore Jr. is a name that's starting to bubble to the surface. Mm-hmm. Arizona State, meanwhile, was rebuffed by Kevin Sumlin as well after offering him a contract. And I'm hearing the same names at Arizona State, except I'm starting to hear a little more about Mike Bellotti, which I would think would be a terrible hire, but it might get the might you know, they might win the press conference there. Yeah. Still no coach down there, Ben. No. And Chris uh, Peterson said no. No, no, no. no. So Well, yeah. and Chris Peterson's probably go it is going to the Big East. Yeah, that that was confirmed today. So Houston, SMU uh, Central Florida. Yep. So UCF. Uh, is that it? No. There's going? more, but I, I don't remember. There's like four teams or yeah. something like that. Uh, so now he'll get an automatic bull bid. So he, you know, you got to be happy about that, but I guess still kind of, still kind of crappy. Why is he in the Big East? Yeah. They're in Idaho. And who's their travel partner? Yeah. yeah figure it out for Doesn't basketball. I mean, Boise State does play basketball. We do have some some NBA stuff, some just quick stuff we want to run over. That's it's been true. it's some, been a big week. It's been a really big week. We've got a bunch of Dwight Howard, Chris Paul stuff that I'm sure everybody knows about. But there's a lot of movement with, I guess, the second tierish players and some third as well, uh, like Glenn Davis. He's apparently going to be offered the full MLE from the uh, Detroit Pistons. And the full mid level exception equates to about four years, twenty million dollars nowadays. Twenty and a half million dollars, yeah. roughly, and that seems like a lot of money for Glenn Davis. 
and especially another undersized guy when you already have like a Jason Maxiel or an undersized center in Greg Monroe. And Ben Wallace, who is said to be leaning towards returning this year. Yeah. Not a lot of size on that Pistons team. It makes me question that move. And Oh, they also have Charlie Villanueva. But they've long coveted, long coveted Glenn Davis. And Lawrence Frank was the lead assistant for the Celtics last year, and he's the new head coach down there. And he must he must think pretty highly of him if they're going to commit $20 million to him. Yeah, I mean, and look at their core then. If, you, uh, if you're looking at the Pistons, if they do sign uh, Glenn Davis, they have Brennan Knight, uh, they got Rip Hamilton, they have Jonas Rebko, who they really like, they have Austin Day, who they really like, and then you have Glenn Davis and Greg Monroe. So And Ben Gordon. Yeah. Well, you didn't even say Ben Gordon. Well, I know. I was saying a, a solid, good core. Oh, but you don't include him? I mean, he makes $12 million a year. He does. He's got to be a part of that core, doesn't he? That's what I said. $12 million a year for Ben Gordon. Shoot. Oh, and Jared Jeffries coming back to the Knicks. And Mike D'Antoni's in love with him. So, yeah. it, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. The, you know, the interesting pieces here, Brendan, how much money does Tyson Chandler get? Uh, people are starting to talk about him getting a max deal. That would literally blow my mind. After we go through this new CBA and the owners lock down on the players saying, you know, we need to be able to make money in this system. We can't be losing money. If you go out and you give Tyson Chandler a max deal, I will be so upset about this whole lockout because it meant nothing. Yeah. You forget. Tyson oh, completely. Chandler, they couldn't give Tyson Chandler away, no. the Bobcats. They tried to give him away to the Thunder, and he failed the physical. Yep. And then finally, the Magic were able to get him, or the Mavericks were able to get him for, what, Alex Ajinke? Yeah. Was that who it was? Yeah, it was Alex Ajinke, yeah. And they got rid of Matt Carroll to the Bobcats? I mean, it's just... Yeah, and 28-year-old Tyson Chandler... Uh, has an amazing defensive season for the Mavericks, and they win the title, whatever. Highly touted out of that, but you're still going to be paying a 28-year-old Tyson Chandler max steel money. Do they look at this when they're like, I'm going to sign Tyson Chandler, who's 28 years old, to a max deal? And, Brennan, keep in mind, he's 28, but he came straight out of high he's school. A, he's St. Dominguez High School. He's, he's got two he's extra, a lot years, of miles on two extra years on his knees. And normally those high school players, look at Richard Lewis. Yeah. As soon as they hit 30, it's all downhill. Done. Well, and he played a ton of minutes for the Hornets. And he played a ton of minutes for the Baby Bulls. Yeah. People forget that. Eddie Curry didn't get much burn his rookie year, but Tyson Chandler played some serious minutes. He's played a lot of minutes his whole career, and it's just it, it's stupid. Well, I don't extending to stupid. The Clippers offered uh, rumorly. Rumorly has accepted, too. He accepted. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Because you just sit it out and wait for someone to offer a bigger contract and the Clippers to match that. Oh, he loves the Clip Show though. Even though DeAndre Still, you're not DeAndre Jordan is is everybody's friend in the NBA. We should probably tell the offer. It, it is uh five years. Four years. Four years. About forty million. Forty million dollars. Yeah. So uh, for DeAndre Jordan, a guy who wasn't that good in college. Uh, highly it, touted coming out of high school, played one year at Texas A&M, and he's always been a project. He's very raw. Uh, he's got good defensive potential, and he can catch oops. And he's Blake Griffin's best friend. And he's Blake Griffin's best friend. Yeah. But uh, Four years, $40 million. Now, that screams to me as bad contract. Yes, possibly. He's, very, he's still very young. But... Keep in mind, the Clippers have Chris Kamen on the books this year for $12 million. Maybe. So you're committing $22 million to the, the position of center mm -hmm. when you have Blake Griffin at the four. Yep. Seems like an awful lot of money for the center position. I think they'll find a home for Chris Kamen. I believe they will as well. So 
but and so they're they're gonna tie their future into DeAndre Jordan, a project center. Uh, yeah. To stay on the list of really crappy centers in the NBA who are gonna get big pits, Samuel Dallenberg. Yeah, gonna he get just paid. won't go away. Pay it, brother. Away. Made uh, upwards of twelve million dollars last year. Had a solid eight points, eight rebound season for the Kings, and he is gonna get paid. Well, and the the second best center in free agency, not named Dwight Howard, I guess. Uh, Nene. Well, Dwight's a free agent next year, but well, I mean, he's gonna be readily available centers. To me, is Nene a center? People, I say no. People like to think he is. I say no. He's I a say six he's... ten and a half center. I don't even think he's six ten and a half. Negotiable. He doesn't have much defensive prowess. With with the hair. He's a good offensive player. Big body. One of those guys you can actually throw the ball to down on the block and you're going to get two points. Hustles. Good hustler. He, he does all these things. But he's more of a four. And for me, the logical fit is the New Jersey Nets. You play Brooke Lopez, who can't rebound the ball at all, at the five. And you can play Nene at the four. Put him at the five when you want to go small. And I mean, Nene at the five when you, with your small lineup, with Darren Williams one, running the point. And he's athletic. He'll be able to make bad. the big plays and catch oops or whatever. Uh, Larry Bird actually flew to Denver today to meet with Nene. Which is interesting because I'm hearing Larry Bird is enamored with Marc Gasol. Yeah. And, and and maybe this is some showmanship, and maybe he's thinking he can put a big offer out there and the Grizzlies are going to be forced to match. And all of a sudden, the Grizzlies are going to have one of the biggest payrolls in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a, lot, a lot of chips to fall, Brandon. A lot, lot of even, stuff going we on. We haven't even got the Jamal Crawford. Oh, Crowf. Everyone's favorite offensive two-guard. The uh, NBA leader of all time in four-point plays. And a man who has never played defense. And never will. Never will. Never will. Uh, he's been leaked to a lot of teams. I think he's got like a dozen teams that have contacted him. And he's you know pretty much said, I'm interested in everyone. So that tells me that he's looking for some money, money, money. Yep. And Jamal Crawford is yeah, a lot of people like a lot of casual NBA fans are like, oh man, Jamal Crawford's good. Why don't we get him? Jamal Crawford is a volume shooter. And yep. by that, I mean, he love you touch. He, if Jamal Crawford touches the ball, you're not getting it back. Well, and it's good for a team that struggles to produce offensively with their second unit. I mean, it's great for a team like oh, that. It's great. And if, if he wasn't already a uh, Chicago Bull at one point, I'd say he would fit great with your second unit. Uh, Possibly. I, I don't agree because Derrick Rose plays 40 minutes a night. Yeah. And if I have Derrick Rose on the court, I would like the offense to be ran through Derrick Rose <laughs> and not Jamal Crawford. And he is a guy who will take the ball up every once in a while. And he is a guy who, if he gets hot, he will drop 50 yes. any given night. He's yeah. done this multiple times. I mean, And he, he's he's about, what, is he 30 now? Yeah, he's pushing up. He's starting to get old. He's getting old, but it really hasn't seemed to affect his play no, that much at and all. And he can play, you know, he can be adjacent Terry. Mm-hmm. You know, he could play with the bigger point guard and play serious 35-minute nights. And not, not have a problem. You can bring him off the bench. It'd be great. But where really is Jamal Crawford going to land? And I've got one that I think Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he's a good fit there. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. Wesley Johnson's not ready to start yet. No. And you can start Wesley, and you can bring Jamal off the bench, take Beasley off at the same time, and all of a sudden you've got one great perimeter scorer. You still have Kevin Love out there. Uh, Derek Williams can get some burn there. Yep. I, I like that fit. I think that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, probably teams like the Cavs or Wizards, I think, are going to throw him an offer as well, just because they're East Coast teams and he's... I think the Wizards' future is tied more to Nick Young. I, you know... I really do, because they have Jordan Crawford. Is Nick Young a... Restricted free agent. Restricted free agent, yeah. But the Bulls have been 
toying with the idea of offering offering that knucklehead their full yeah. level. A lot of a lot of teams are thinking about the Nick Young option, and a lot of teams also the Bulls are considering uh, the Grant Hill option, the Cron Butler mm-hmm. option. And Grant Hill, I believe, trimmed his team his list down to four teams today. Yep. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Knicks, Suns, Bulls, and Clippers. Clip Show. Uh, I don't think he's a fit for the Clippers. No, but the Clip Show is enamored with Karan Butler. Yeah, and Karan was supposedly supposed to be in San Antonio today, and he skipped that meeting because he wanted to meet with the Clippers again. Mm-hmm. So you could see Karan Butler, and that's a good fit. They mm-hmm. needed a three. I always yeah. thought Tayshawn Prince would end up there. I thought he fit that scheme pretty well. He's a long, good defender who's always been able to get his points without really disrupting the offense. And I, I think Karan Butler would be a good fit there as well. Well, everyone just loves Vinny Del Negro in meetings. Yeah, apparently no one's ever watched, uh, you know, and actually broke down any Vinny Del Negro game. It's not pretty. It isn't good. Uh, he's the one coach in the NBA who I've seen run the flex offense for extended minutes at a time. <laughs> the flex. Now, yeah. keep in mind, the flex offense is a favorite of women's high school coaches. Because, I mean, it's it's easy. You get good looks out of it. But you're talking about NBA athletes here, and you're running the flex. That's Vinny Del Negro in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, that and not having any timeouts ever because ever. he just blows them in the first. Oh, <laughs> Vinny Del Negro. Oh. So, yeah, it's uh, NBA start really starting to heat up here. We're going to get at it more on Thursday, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, we're a big uh, NBA show on Thursday. The uh, NBA schedule is released today. Going to be a busy season for those teams in the 66-game season. Yeah, uh, I know every team is guaranteed to have at least one back-to-back-to-back, and I believe 10 teams have two back-to-back-to-backs. It's ridiculous. And I've also heard that there's going to be, every team's going to have five games in six nights. Yep. Now, five games in six nights, I have a hard time watching the Charlotte Bobcats play. Um, I just don't think I can watch this, and I watch all NBA. I am not picky about my NBA. But I have a hard time watching the Charlotte Bobcats trot out there on the old sixth night and their fifth game. That is just—it's going to be rough basketball. It's—it's it's definitely going to be a weird season as far as some of these the the atonement it takes on the uh, players' bodies. We were supposed to have free agency open on the ninth. Yep. And that was supposed to be simultaneous with training camps. I'm hearing rumors now, Brendan, that they might push back the training camp opening to the uh, the following Monday. The twelfth. Okay. That only gives you really 12 days to get your team in line. Yeah. That that seems like a huge issue, does it not? I mean... No, it I, definitely does. And especially with all the trade buzz going around, teams with new coaches, and then teams are going to be picking up new players... At uh, the same time. ...in training camp. Yeah. So you're going to start off one day in training camp, and all of a sudden you're going to have uh, a new guy trot in. Uh, Chris Paul, actually, has been... He's one of the top two hot topics of the season, the preseason so far as... He's expected the Hornets expect Chris Paul to make his decision on trade by uh, Friday. Well, he wants to be traded. Yeah. If he gets traded now, he can still sign his max extension with the team before he goes to be a free agent. <laughs> Chris Paul says he'd prefer uh, to be traded to the Clippers over the Warriors because he'd be able to be paired with Blake Griffin and Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon would be in that trade. No. That, Is, uh, and then they offer Eric Gordon no, earlier today? they said Eric Gordon will not be part of any deal. Who would Chris they be Paul. trading? I don't know. Picks. Uh, they they came out and said that because apparently Chris Paul's given them no indication he'll sign the extension. And this is going to be the Carmelo, the mellow drama all oh, over again. all over again. Him and Dwight. Uh, I, and I think Chris Paul is actually an easier case to predict. The Hornets have to trade him. 
Yep. They have to. They can't risk losing him. They have five players under contract right now. Five. Now, they made a preemptive strike. They've already agreed to terms with Brian Butch, the former Wisconsin big man. Now, I think that is purely so when training camp opens, they can play a little three-on-three. Yeah. That's purely the only uh, reason I think. got to you know? be it. Uh, you know, and then they got one sub to run in there when they're running the old 5-on-0. Well, Brian Butch is playing uh, over in South America. This, yeah, the, the Pan Am games. The Pan Am games. Yeah. Tearing it up. Yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> T- terrible tournament that was. But, Brendan, do you not find it? I mean, I coach basketball. Yeah. And I don't coach <clears throat> athletes or players near the level of the NBA, okay? Well below that. But I find it hard to believe that a new coach like Mike Brown will be able to implement his whole offensive and defensive system in 12 days. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very difficult, even though it is a veteran team with the Lakers, and they'll be able to hopefully get on a little cur- the veteran curve, I guess, with that. But still, it's it's going to be a challenge for any new coach this season. And like Rick Adelman. Yeah. He's got a team that is very, very, very young up there in Minnesota. And now he's going to be given 12 days to get – Everyone on his team to understand his corner offense. It just, it seems we're rushing into this. And I understand we all want basketball on Christmas. Believe me, I will watch every game on Christmas. But the product is really going to suffer. And I just hope that we don't have a lot of NBA fans coming out and saying, you know, oh, this is the worst basketball I've ever seen. Because obviously it's going to be. I mean, you got uh, you got Adelman up there. You got McHale in Houston. Uh, Mark, Lawrence Frank, Mark Jackson, down Mark in Jackson, State. yeah, a, a ton of new blood in the Dwayne NBA. Casey, in Dwayne Toronto. Casey, it, just a ton of new blood implementing new systems uh, for a lot of young players for some of those teams. Yeah, a lot of them are rebuilding teams. So, uh, g- gonna be a interesting first couple of weeks. Pretty sloppy, to be honest, but it, it's gonna be good to have the NBA back. And, Brennan, it gets no better because they'll be playing so many games per the week that you may have time for one practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's going to be a lot of learning on the fly. It's really going to favor veteran teams. We've said this before, but you know, teams that have got all their pieces in line, they're going to be the teams that benefit. Uh, I love my Chicago Bulls going into a 66-game schedule with no circus trip. Oh, they'll be looking good. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you find a two-guard, whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is the West Coast Bias Show. Uh, kind of wind down the show here and starting off with our favorite part of every show, Jordan. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about the hot chick of the Oh, yeah. It is the hot chicken night here on the West Coast Five Sports Show, the WCB show, for those of you in the know. Oh, yeah. So, Jordan, it was your pick tonight. Hashtag HCOTN for all you Twitter maniacs. The hot chicken of the night tonight is Amber Heard. Streaks at 18. The streak continues to 18. Our she streaks. was born April 22nd, 1986. Ooh, our streak's legal. Our streak is now legal. That yep. is correct. Our streak is at the age of consent in so, most states uh, in the United States of America. Amber Heard, 25. 25, a young 25. April, baby. Mm-hmm. Born in Austin, Texas, which is better than, uh, I don't know, uh, anything more east than Texas. She's five foot eight, which is in my ballpark. It's right in the middle. 
right in the wheelhouse. I could turn on that. Now, she dropped out of high school at 17, Brennan, and mm. moved to New York to pursue a career in acting. Yeah. Or in modeling, but decided that modeling ah, just wasn't rewarding enough. So she made the move to Los Angeles to be an actress. Aw. Her, uh, her father, David, is a contractor, and her mother, Paige, is an internet researcher for the state. What What is an internet researcher, and how can I get paid to do that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I figure you just Google things all day. I do that anyway. I know you do, so you would be very good at it. Uh, Brandon, she was number 13 on the Maxim Hot 100 for 2010. But, eh, you know, that seems a little low for her. She's very, very hot. Now, uh, Brennan, little news in December of 2010. Mm-hmm. Amanda actually came out of the closet and said she is a lesbian. Wow. She's apparently been in a relationship with uh, a successful photographer for a couple years. Uh, I've read quotes that she doesn't put la- – she's one of these people that doesn't put labels on things, and she likes boys and girls, oh, and she's just, she's just a fan of love. So, right. you know, two each is on. Uh, she did a bunch of minor parts in uh, TV series like Friday Night Lights, The Mountain, The O.C., and Drop Dead Sexy before her breakout role as Young Josie in 2005's The North Country. Of course, that film. I think it was a TV, TV series. I'm not, series. I'm not really sure. TV film series. I've never seen it. Super good. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a teenager, Heard was active in her school's drama department and appeared in uh, local commercials and campaigns. Uh, at the age of 16, unfortunately, she uh, had a friend die in a car crash. Very yep. sad. Uh, a lot of people have that problem uh, when they're growing up and stuff. Just, yeah, yeah. It's rough. Uh, she declared herself an atheist in high school as well at the young age uh, due to the influence of the works of Ayn Rand. So she's a lady. Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Ayn, George Oswell. Orswell, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Ayn you're Rand. The, you're the lit Ayn major. Rand is the lady who wrote uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, you're you're the lit yeah. major. That, that's your role. Yeah. If we were talking about it. It's, li- it's 1030, you know. If we were talking about Euler you know, and <laughs> Koshi, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, it's 1030. It's, it's almost sleepy time. Now, Amber has done some real crap movies, and I'm going to give you a few of them here. Uh, she was Alma in Alpha Dog in 2006, which was crappy. She was uh, Baja Miller in Never Back Down in 2008. Crap. I've got friends who actually enjoy that movie. She was Jen Jones in The Joneses in 2009, which crap. was crap. She was starred opposite Johnny Depp in The Rum Diary in 2011. I don't know how that was. Uh, I've heard terrible things. Crap. Uh, she also starred one of our favorites, Nicolas Cage, in Drive Angry as Piper in 2011. Oh, no, no. It's Drive Angry in 3D. Oh, that's, that's right. I, you know, title. I completely forgot that's to write 3D. in the title. Yeah, my bad. Uh, she did have a reoccurring, or a one-episode arc in Californication 2007 playing a character named Amanda. That's a good That's a good show. And the film I know her from, Zombieland of 2009, she was 406. And keep in mind, the 406 is, of course, Montana. So That's we, awesome. We like Amber Heard up here. Yeah. She's currently starring as Maureen in the Playboy Club, which is some TV series that I haven't watched yet, which is surprising, yeah. given that it's the Playboy Club. And she's going to be starring as Six. Not like S-I-X, but the number Six in the movie Syrup. And I would give you a synopsis of this movie, but my computer decided that it did not want me to read the synopsis, so I can only assume that it's terrible. Too hot. Too hot to she, handle. Uh, she heard... Uh, <laughs> heard grew up around uh, guns. Oh. Such, she actually owns a 357 Meg. Wow. Yeah, uh, she's a big fan of muscle cars. She actually drives a '68 Ford Mustang. Yeah, she, she sounds more doodly than me. I know. I don't uh, know cars or guns. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no sports. She also owns a 67 Mercedes and a 62 Checker Cab. Wow. Shoot. So she's apparently, yeah. I don't want to say she's more manly than me, but she apparently. That is. I mean, I don't she's, do guns or cars. kind of is. I hate to admit it, but. Just... Uh, the Clippers are now reporting they're also not going to include DeAndre Jordan if you ever wanted to trade in that uh, Chris Ball fiasco. So, sounds like Chris Kamen is going to be the main piece there. Ooh, what a piece. Tree build upon. Where? Up top. There right there. There it is. This is what we need. Oh, uh, let's close up shop. Maybe let this ride out just a little bit here. We are pushing up on 93 minutes on the West Coast Fire Sports Show. We could be approaching a land speed record for how long we've got a show. But we did an hour 45 that one time. Oh, we're not going to do Well, Brandon, this is a school night after all. It's a haircut Tuesday here <laughs> on the West Coast Fire Sports Show. Uh, I feel like we had a uh, subpar show tonight. This is entertaining. Not a Pantheon show, but uh, it's fun. I think enough to get the listeners through a tough Tuesday night here. Mm-hmm. Cold Tuesday. Very cold. Super cold. Uh, what we got on TV tonight? Sons of Anarchy for you. Yeah, it's the season finale, and uh, Sons of Anarchy has been throwing darts. It's been getting pretty heated. Uh, I'm looking forward to the season finale, and I'm looking forward to not having to watch Sons of Anarchy for six months because you know I'm starting to be that guy that's like sweating during the show. You know, I got to go take a shower afterwards. <laughs> just get too intense. Oh, what else man. we got in the DVR? Uh, well, Wednesday we have the Psych mid-season finale. Ooh, no. I know. Shucks. I know. We're running out of stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to start getting on things. Yeah. Uh, let's, I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Last week with William Shatner was awesome. Yeah, great episode. Hilarious. Great episode. Uh, the real world coming with the, the title of this uh, show is Click Click Kaboom. And I think we have a double dose of real world this week. I think we might. So, uh, two episodes of real world. Uh, hopefully that can get us through till Thursday when we can start watching some more college basketball. Hopefully we got some big games coming up. Yeah! So, uh, what you drink? If anything. Tonight, uh, I actually got a big day tomorrow, so I'll be in bed early. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow for class, really. I think I have to revise something, but... I'll probably have an MGD or two before I get to bed. Well, I'm obviously going to have one or two MGDs, but uh, yeah. too big of a day for me to be going hard. Yeah, that's true. Totally agree. Well, this has been West Coast Bias Show. I am Brennan Juden. And I'm Jordan Featherman. Drink safely. We're back to the man cave.